This is On Being's Unheard Cuts. I'm Krista Tippett. You're listening to my unedited conversation with singer-songwriter Carrie Newcomer. I spoke with her on September 9, 2014, from On Being on Loring Park. You can download the MP3 of our produced show with Carrie Newcomer at onbeing.org. Well, thank you all for coming. How is everybody doing? How many, uh, my name's Trent Gillis. I'm the executive editor of On Being. Um, how many of you have been here before? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, David, I <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Uh, about a year ago, uh, we split off and started our own nonprofit organization. And we're at our year anniversary, and it's been a great year. And we love being down here in, um, in the, what we consider a cultural hub of Minneapolis. So thank you for coming. And part of what we love is being able to do events like this. And we do all types of events. Uh, we're also recording it, uh, recording video. We're live streaming it. So if you want to watch it again, you can go back to onbeing.org. Um, also, you can, uh, uh, you can tweet. Do we have a tweeting audience here? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, uh, but if you do want to, please just uh, uh, turn off the ringer on your phones, which I should check my own. Oh, I'm a culprit. Um, uh, and uh, we have two handles here for on being. It's uh, being tweets and Carrie Newcomer at Carrie Newcomer. So uh, the uh, the other thing is that I'd like to introduce you just to our staff that puts this together every time because it does take a certain amount of effort with a lot of joy. Um, so we have Chris Jones back there, who's our executive assistant, and does a ton of coordinating. Um, we have Mariah Helgeson, who's right here as a digital producer and does all the video. Chris Hegel is back in our studio back there. If you haven't seen it, that's a uh, recording studio where Krista records most of her interviews and does the scripting. We've got Maury, and Maury, I don't know your last name. Maury Johnson, how Minnesotan, perfect. Uh, he's running the board tonight. And then we have uh, this wonderful group of interns and volunteers that have come here, Megan, uh, Josh, I think I saw over here. Becca is down here. And Sarah, who is a volunteer. So thank you all for coming. And with that, is there anything I left out, crew, that I should be mentioning? Uh, maybe they want to have a cocktail after the show. That's right. They want to go to Third Bird. Did anybody go to Third Bird beforehand or not? Okay, good, good. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do here with these events is try to grow community and also to connect people. Um, that's part of our mission and that's what we want to do. So when you come out of an event like this and you hear interesting things that you can meet new people and talk about those ideas. So we welcome you to always walk down the alley. It's a beautiful little alley. Um, and I hope you come back again next time. So thank you. I'm so happy to have all of you here, and uh, you know, Trent and I have worked together for over 10 years. He's never introduced an event before, but now I'm going to have him do this every time because he did such a great job. You know, I didn't sit here today. I'm feeling like I need to. Well, I guess I'm looking at you. I think I'm going to. Is is this okay? Is Chris back there? Is it okay if I move back a little bit? So we're, this is informal, right? Like you're in our home. There's nothing <laughs> formal about this. We will move the furniture around in the middle of the thing if we have to. Is that good? Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, is that all right? As close as I can get? Okay. So, welcome to 
on being on Loring Park. Um, it's been so thrilling um, to create a hospitable physical space to, to be part of our hospitable media space. And um, it's so wonderful to have Carrie Newcomer here, who we've been crossing paths for years, but this is your christening and song of our new space. <laughs> and, and a wonderful space. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we're going to, I, I, I want to uh, kind of confess up front that I'm not quite sure how to do this because it's, <laughs> it's different. Well, because we're doing, it's a conversation and I really do want you to sing some of your songs. And, um, and I'm not sure how much we should break the conversation up with song and I think we should just experiment with it a little bit. And um, if we don't, if you don't sing a lot kind of while we're talking this first part, then, then what we may do is just launch into a few songs and kind of continue the conversation around, like have conversation in the center of things and then change to having song in the center of things. But I think we're just gonna, we're gonna see how it works. And um, for that reason, I also, I thought I might just tell you, so really this is total transparency, right? I don't believe in, when I'm interviewing somebody in, um, in person, which I don't always do, I'm often having somebody coming through headphones into my brain. Um, I don't like to talk at all beforehand because things happen beforehand that then the audience wasn't part of. <clears throat> so I didn't want to do this beforehand. But you know, some of the songs I love, um, and this is very personal. Um, uh, you know, every little bit of it. I love the, t the first track on your new CD, and "Visitation," "Gathering of Spirits," um, from for, you know from when I first discovered you. Bear to the bone. So I'll just plant those. <laughs> Which is only slightly controlling. <laughs> um, but, and, but I'll also say, and to me those speak a lot to the, you know, this theme of the intimate link, as you put it, between creativity and spirituality. Um, but also I want to say that as we're talking, if songs occur to you, that you just feel that you want to burst forth in song, then this is also your moment to do that. Okay. okay. So, um, with all of that, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> you're something of a celebrity in Quaker circles. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never heard that before. Yeah. It's okay. yeah you are. It's it's kind of a phrase that you yeah. don't usually see. Right, together. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, and, but people often, I notice that journalists often refer to you as a Quaker singer. Um, but um, I, I wasn't sure of this until I started to delve into this, that, uh, that you, didn't, you weren't raised Quaker. That wasn't the, the religious background of your childhood. So would you talk about what that was and how you came to this tradition? Well, um, I... Well, I was raised uh, in northern Indiana. I'm a Hoosier, um, which impresses people everywhere. <laughs> as much as being a Quaker celebrity? It's right up there. Yeah. Right, right up there. Um, but my mom, um, my mom was raised Catholic. She's from a uh, first-generation American from an Italian family. And my father uh, was raised Methodist, but his family background 
uh, was Mennonite Amish. So I think I'm the only like Italian Amish person on the planet, I think, <laughs> except my sisters. But other than that, it's just, yeah. just me. Um, but I, I, I was kind of raised, uh, you know, in, in a basic Protestant Methodist church later on. Um, but I think I was always the kind of kid that asks questions that make Sunday school teachers uncomfortable. <laughs> right. I think I've always been drawn to uh, big questions and, and more comfortable with interesting questions than pat answers. So um, later on in my teenage years, I kind of discovered this idea of social justice being attached to the idea of faith. and. That was a really powerful thing, and started reading Martin Luther King and Gandhi and Buber. I'm not sure I really understood it all, but you know, I I was fascinated by this idea of love made visible uh. um, through these traditions. So, um, but kind of eventually, you know, I I, I was doing a a service semester for the college I was going to in Costa Rica, and I encountered the silent, you know, unprogrammed Quakers there in Monteverde. And I kind of went to my first unprogrammed meeting. And Unprogrammed is a, <clears throat> it describes a certain kind of Quaker service, is it, that? Yeah, it's, it's basically uh, uh, meditation, it's, it's mm -hmm. silent. It, sometimes people will speak out of the silence, but um, only when they feel it's it's really important for the community. It's kind of like not like group therapy, right? Sort of right. Um, but I f it felt like home. I felt like ah, oh, there's something really right about this. And and people will ask me often, they say you're a, you're a musician. You make your life in sound, and and you go to a silent. Quaker meeting, what's with that, you know? And, um, but it makes all the sense in the world that my best, my best language has always come out of the silence. But what strikes me when I, um, when I read, when I hear your music and also as I've been kind of reading you is that <clears throat> Quakers you know, yes, the the obvious apparent thing at the center of Quaker tradition is the silence, but but deeper than that, there's the virtue of listening, and the virtue of questioning. I mean, that's the silence is partly there to give rise to those things, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's not that you're just being silent, but that you are listening. You know, we we you know our our lives are filled with sound and they're filled with with words and taking those moments to listen and what and what do we find when we listen and we take time to listen to something larger to us than ourselves our own inner teacher which can be very wise if we trust it mm -hmm. you know so um, so yeah it's it's about silence but it's also really about listening so Here's something, you, a sentence you wrote. Music approaches the sacred through the wordless avenues of the heart. And I wonder, you know, how and when in your life did you discover music and discover that music does that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 
I love that about music. That you know, music. Going back to your question about spiritual tradition, I think, you know, I I do sit with the silent Quakers, but I think my most uh, consistent and deep spiritual practice has been songwriting. You know, mm -hmm. has been songwriting. Um, And I'm going to ask you again what, to repeat your question. Because well, I guess I'm, I'm kind of just trying to learn about your your journey into being a musician. And, oh, okay. But also, you know, you know, if you can kind of trace for us, you know, not just how you realized that's, that songwriting was something you do, but that it is a spiritual practice. I mean, is that something you knew right away when you were young, or is that some kind of knowledge that you grew into? Yeah, the idea of putting into music and language the things that we experience that have no words. You know, that's that's a, a wonderful thing. And uh, though when you say that's your profession, it's never on the drop-down menu. You know, <laughs> they have to, like, go with other instead. Right. Um, but, you know, I think um, I didn't, I wasn't raised in a musical family, really, um, I, I lived in a little town in northern Indiana where all the band instruments were made at that time. Where what? All the band instruments were made? Band instruments were made there. You know, Selmer, <laughs> Collin, Arms, all these factories that, that made instruments were there. And so the public schools had a really wonderful music program. Hmm. Yes. And so I encountered music through the American public school system. And you started playing the guitar? Um, well, I started with flute, you know, but... Mm -hmm. uh, me too, but I stopped with flute. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really sing with the flute, but so, so yeah, and, and when I became a teenager, but I fell in love with the singing poets, mm. you know, those people who were... Like who? <clears throat> you know, the Joni Mitchell. Oh, okay, or, right. You know, uh, uh, you know. Dylan, when I was feeling Leonard Cohen, Leonard maybe. Cohen, you know, <laughs> all these people who were combining beautiful poetry mm -hmm. uh, and music, and I fell in love with that. So I picked up the guitar, and you know, and I learned my first three chords and wrote my first song. You know, immediately where they were inter intertwined, really. That idea of, of music being a spiritual practice, I, you know, that that kind of evolved, you know, because to be a, a songwriter, you know, I had to develop and practice some of the things that I think belong to the idea of spiritual practice. You know, I had to really start to practice presence. You can't write about it if you weren't there because you were too busy thinking about the next thing or what happened yesterday. You have to be present, you have to show up. To whatever you're writing about. To whatever you're writing about, and to your whole life, you know? Mm. I mean, I'm constantly taking notes. Um, you can't write about your life if you've missed it. So, um, so the idea of presence, the idea of compassion and forgiveness, you know, that you know, human story, we're so amazing. People, I mean, I just love people. I just, I do. We're so interesting. We're, you know, we're interesting and we're inspiring and we're bewildering. And but human story, oh, there's something about that. Um, so you know what's coming to mind when you're saying that um, is Betty Steiner, ah. and um, and you know it's a very wordy song too. 
Yes, it's it not is. a wordless. It's not a wordless Lots space. Of words. But it's really wonderful, and I think it's kind of classic Carrie Newcomer, and I'm sure a lot of people here love it too. So, I mean, I think would you play Betty Steiner? Oh, and sure. here's a question I have for you as a musician, especially because your your lyrics are so important, and you've written lots of songs over the years. I mean, do you? If I ask you to play something, will you you remember all the words? And <laughs> do you remember all the words of every song you've ever played over the last well, it, decades? When you have a lot of songs trailing behind you, no. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. Some some songs I might have to dust them off a little bit. Yeah. But not this one, probably. But I, I think yeah, I got Betty's Diner. Um, Betty's Diner, I think, came out of that love for people. I mean. I was traveling around and touring all over the country, and I think as a, as a traveling folk singer, it's not like you're going from arena to arena. <laughs> I mean, it's, you, know, you, you see the world close up, mm-hmm. and, and you hear stories close up, and, uh, and people tell me stories, and I love that. And, but I didn't know what to do with all that humanity. And, and uh, so I ended up writing this little song about Betty's Diner, about where community happens, you know, and where the spirit of goodness moves in the world. Miranda works the late night counter, a little joint called Betty's Diner, chrome and checkered tablecloths, and one steamy window pane. She got the job that shaky fall And after hours she'll ride till dawn With a nod and smile she serves them all Here we are all in one place The wants and wounds of the human race Despair and hope sit face to face When you're coming from the cold Let to fill your cup with something kind and toast like bread and wine She's heard it all So she don't mind Arthur lets his Earl Grace Deep since April It's been hard to sleep You know they tried most everything But it took her in the end Kevin tests new saxophones But he swears he's leaving quality control For the Chicago scene or New Orleans Where they still play righteous horns Here we are all in one place The wants and wounds of the human race Despair and hope sit face to face When you're coming from the cold Let to fill your cup with something like bread and wine she's heard it all so she don't mind and Jack studies here after work to get past high school he's the first his big hands look comfortable with a hammer or a pen and Emily and kissed her his cheek When she did his knees got weak Miranda smiles at him and winks Here we are all in one place The wants and wounds of the human race Despair 
crossword page and she paints her eyes blue black and Tristan comes along sometimes small for his age and he's barely five but she loves him like a mama lion and Beta used to drink a lot almost lost it all before she stopped comes in at night with her friend Mike who runs the crisis line Michael toured Saigon and back Hair the color of smoke and ash Their heads are bowed, their hands are clasped One more storm has passed Here we are all in one place The warmth and wounds of the human race Despair and hope sit face to face When you come in from the cold Let it fill your cup with something kind and toast like bread and wine She's heard it all So she don't mind <laughs> It's so beautiful and you know, this phrase of yours I, that I love, the intimate link between creativity and spirituality, is beautiful, but um, it's embodied spirituality. Right? That's, that's what you do. It's, that, it's humanity with all its mess and its edges. And mm. as you say, it's bewilderment and beauty. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I, I think... Um, that love for people, that love for our stories, you know, it's, it's been very motivating for me. Um, I said, I just love people. What? I just love people. <laughs> I know that's so unfashionable to say, you know, but I do. Well, I don't know if it, yeah, it doesn't make headlines. Yeah. I don't know that it's as rare as it feels. No, to, it, I don't think it is. Because it doesn't either. make headlines. Well, I think, you know, I, I think one of the things about doing the kind of music I do that, that really um, honors the story, the human story. Also, you know, I, I write a lot about finding something extraordinary in an ordinary day, maybe even something sacred in an ordinary day. And I, I think about that a lot, and I write about it a lot. Um, and and I, th- I think there's a, a longing out there for that kind of acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, that our lives, our daily lives, are, are they're wondrous, and they're valuable, and they're honorable. Hmm. You know, the smallest things. You know, so I, I write about that a lot. There's um, one of your poems uh, in this collection of poetry, which I think is your first. It's yes. the first time you published a collection of poetry. It is. I really love these lines from this poem, why, why We Are Here. Maybe this is why we are here, to rub shoulders and play cards, to be a place to launch and a place to land, to murmur in the phone late at night and to say, this I love and this I saw. To bear witness to one another, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that is that finding something sacred in things that are very ordinary, routine even. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think something really good happened to my songwriting when I, I gave myself permission to um, to really honor my ordinary, my daily life, you know. It, something good happened to my songwriting when I gave myself permission to sound like a Hoosier. You know? um, <laughs> Which I think we have to translate, everybody won't know that, that's someone from Indiana. Indiana. And um, <laughs> that there's, a, you know, I'm never going to sound like someone who grew up on the island of Manhattan, but that's kind of okay. There's a lot of people to cover that voice, mm-hmm. and I'm not really, really concerned it's not going to get covered. Um, but my most powerful voice, my most uh, potent voice, would always be my truest voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and writing about those daily experiences. Um, you're, you're also funny, I have to say. You're kind of a <laughs> philosopher. I do kind of see the world kind of in this sideways yeah. sort of fashion. So. I like, like here's, uh, here's a list. I think this is on your Tumblr page. Things I never imagined I'd say. <laughs> it's a great, great, big, long list, but here are some of the ones I like the most. Things I never imagined I'd say. Let's throw some tofu on the grill. <laughs> I miss gathering with friends to listen to both sides of a new album. <laughs> Mile-wide tornadoes happen regularly. That's not really funny, but it is bizarre. The most intelligent news on television is presented by late-night comedians, and they ended the space program. <laughs> Yes, you know, yeah, I, I kind of put that up the other day. Um, yeah, my dog has five sweaters. I mean, things that I never thought I would say in my life. You know, despite all my mistakes, she turned out just fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, kind of a long laundry list. It was a long list, yeah. yeah. It was a good one. Um, what was the other one? Oh, where is that? I don't know. The, what would you say? I think this was, I'm not sure if this was you or a quote, uh, the glass is n- not half full or half empty, it's just a big glass. <laughs> I really like that. I'm going to keep pondering that. It's just a big glass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the telephone is ringing. It's a real experience. <laughs> it's probably a... It's not uh, my cell phone, right? It's probably a okay. sales call. We get those on this line. Um... You know, I, I, there, here's so, something else you've said um, that I'd love for you to tease out for us. The source of all things is the finest and first artist. I mean, there's a piece of theology in there, 
you're not using the word God, which is fine, but I mean, when we talk about God anyway, in the most traditional uh, context, we, we use metaphor, God as father, God as judge. I love uh, God as artist, or the source of all things as artist. And, that, and it really is, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of, of theology. Yeah, I've always, uh, um, I've always had a spiritual current to my, my work. It, I, it's interesting because I cross secular spiritual lines daily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people come to spiritual music and creating spiritual music through the church, and you know, some of us come through the bars. You know, and that I'm, I'm you know, it's a different way, but to getting there. But you know, that idea that. There is something shining in the world. There's something shimmering just below the surface of things always. Um, you know, the light in the world as being an artist, as being creative, curious. Ah. Hmm. You know, I think curiosity is another way of talking about creativity. Sometimes when you talk about creativity, people go, oh, that's just for artists and it's not for me because, like, I'm an accountant, you know. But... But that idea of curiosity, of, of question, and asking questions again, and sensing that something just shimmering below the surface of things and going, wow, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know? I wonder if, um, it, it, it seems to me this song that's um, the first song on your new CD, Every Little Bit of It. Mm-hmm. There's a great line in it. I thought I knew the question, but I guess not. I mean, I, that, I really like that, too, that, that finding better questions is a sacred act. Do, do you want to sing that one? Sure, I could sing I mean, that. I think that song touches on a lot of the things we're talking about. Does it? Does it touch on that? I think so, yeah. I yeah. think it does. Um, yeah, and a, a lot of this, this song, uh, there was a... a sections of the song that came out of um, conversation I, I was having with a mutual friend, Parker Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Another celebrity Quaker. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you two may be it. <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said so. <laughs> No, no, I, you know, I, uh, I've really loved and enjoyed working with Parker and some of our conversations have become songs. I'm turning on my guitar here. All right. circling round me and like the vapor of a song that is just out of earshot I thought I knew the question but I guess not and there it is 
glass Drink it down every moment of this Every little bit of it Every little bit I swam against the tide I tripped on my own pride So I'll try again today To get out of my own way The face was always in the stone Said Michelangelo You just have to chip and clear To see what is already there There it is, just below The surface of things in a flash of blue And the turning of wings Drain the glass, drink it down Every moment of this Every little bit of it Every little bit There it is in the apple Of every new notion There it is in the scar heel was broken in the branches, in the whispering, in the silence and the sighs, and the curious promise of limited time. It's true, although it's hard, a shadow glides over the ridge, and one fast beating heart tries with all its might to live. And we sense but can't describe From the corner of our eyes Something nameless and abiding And so we keep transcribing There it is, just below The surface of things In a flash of blue And the turning of wings I drain the glass, drink it down Every little bit of it Every little bit Every little bit of this Every little bit Every little bit of it Every little bit of it I'm curious if you um, if you remember the conversation you had with Parker that turned into that song. Well, it was actually a series of conversations. You know, we were we were talking about well the thing that shines below the surface of everything, the and that the limit. You know, the the, the curious promise of limited time. Yes, you know that, that's a wonderful <laughs> line. Thank you. That idea that. 
we're here, we're here right now in this moment, in this collection of elements, this, you know, this particular combination of stardust stuff has never happened before, just like this. And here we are um, with a wave that comes up out of the ocean and we'll eventually come back into the ocean. And, uh, but while we're up there, oh, what, a, what a shining moment it is. And when you know, though, when you know that time is limited, it makes everything a little more poignant, a little more powerful. Hmm. You want to show up for it. You don't want to miss it, every little bit of it, you know? I wonder if, um, you know, uh, the word um, light is a word you use a lot. I wonder yeah. if you know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that a lot of people use. I mean, it's a very important metaphor and image, and, and it's not that you're the only one who used it, but it really did jump out at me. You know, ge- the geography of light is, oh, yeah. is this very evocative mm-hmm. um, name for uh, you had an album that which you named Geography, the of, light. geography mm-hmm. of Light, <clears throat> Shaft of Light, Shift of Light, Quality of Light, Heart of Light. It was just, you know, this is just me reading a few pages. Source of Light, Something Made Holy of Light. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? About And I don't know if you can, because actually it's very, it is, it is metaphor. It is metaphor, mm-hmm. and... Um, and yeah, there were several poems in the in the new book, and the and the the, the new book is 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 fun. It's my first book, uh, and uh, it was fun to put it out uh, for many reasons. But one, because a lot of my songs start with poetry mm-hmm. or essays. You know, some if you if you lined up eleven songwriters and you asked them their process, they'd have eleven different ways that they go about doing it. Uh, but mine usually starts with a poem or an essay. Uh, exploring the the idea that way, and then it goes into song. Um, but the idea of light, yes, it's, it's a. I think I think writers have themes that they keep coming back to, things mm-hmm. that keep fascinating them, and you you try to describe it in different ways, um, but it keeps calling you back. And well, yeah, I'm just wondering if. If you can put words around what it is about light that keeps calling you, ah, oh, that's a great question. Yeah. You ask really good questions. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever asked me I that before. I also understand that it's a hard one because hard I think question. it's almost so—it's so natural and kind of instinctive to the way you think that. Yeah. I realize it may not be something that you're articulate about. I mean, you're articulate about it in various ways, but it comes up. But I'm just wondering if you think about it kind of head on. Well, it's, I've always liked in the Quaker tradition that sometimes um, God is referred to or whatever the, the larger is, is referred to as the light. And I, that really, that really um, resonated for me, um, yes, and the world is shadow and light, but mm-hmm. I just keep leaning into the light. Um, I keep writing about it. I keep trying to describe it. 
um, it's it's there. It's in my life every day. You know that, and and I guess it's it's part of that wordless trying to put the wordless into yeah. into language. You know what is that? And we all we all experience that. You know that what is that that happens when you see a sunset and your heart becomes too big for your chest, or the first time you see your baby in your arms, and 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 you know time expands out in all directions from that child you know and i you know what is it you know when you see that first first red leaf of autumn and it's bittersweet oh the summer is gone oh. and it's so incredibly exciting at the same time what is that you know so i i see it and i sense it every day i see it in people all the time and maybe that's why I keep writing about it, because hmm. I'm not sure exactly, exactly what it is. Yeah, I just well, know it's there. Yes, and I think the autumn analogy also gets at something I sense behind it, because um, I think it's which is also is is also a presence to to the to darkness, right? Like being attentive to light. Yes. Because you're attentive to sh- to the shadows. Yeah, it is. It's all shadow and light, you know. It's it's all of it, um, and you know we learn from the shadows, we experience them. It's in the. I mean, you know, there's a lot of sorrows in this world, and um, maybe that's part of how I, I I negotiate that. You know, I think when you're sensitive to the shock, to the to the sorrows of this world, um, and you've experienced shadows in your own life, that um, you know you, you can do different things with it. You can despair, you can shut down, or you kind of lean into the light. You know, without you know really without you know denying or you know, placing in a compartment or making small this idea of shadow. It's just there. It's life. It's all of it. It's mm-hmm. all of the above. Um, but kind of choosing to lean into something. Mm-hmm. I like the way you're just using the word lean to the light. and so different from lean in. <laughs> Sheryl Sandberg. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. No, I like it. I think we need to redeem the word of leaning in, so thank you for that. Um, not that I, not that I am against what she wrote about. I just think it's too important a phrase. Yeah, that's a very inclining. Uh, yeah, that is a very redemptive way of thinking about. Um, you know, the song that occurs to me is "Bare to the Bone," hmm. which um, I, I think when I first discovered you, I was. I think it may have been. Uh, Kind of really hard years in getting this project up and you know yeah. um, established, and that feeling of I think I really identified with that, and mm. that's that's about uh, and to me that's about yes, I mean struggling with something like you know depression, which I have gone through or you know these t- t- really bad things that happen to us but but also i think that song is about how kind of day to day week to week month to month year to year struggle is also kind of woven into the things that are right yes right it just is and you 
You know, there's something about leaning into that, too, which is hard. Yeah, Bear to the Bone, um, you know, was, was written... You know, there, there's some songs that land, you know, that there's songs that you hone on for a long time. Betty's Diner uh, was a project, you know. It, it was notes taken on the road. It was a short story. Right. And now it's a play, actually. I've written a play with... It is. With, um, uh, Richard Thomas, um, and it'll be produced at Purdue University in 2015. But, uh, but yeah, some things you hone on for a long time, mm-hmm. and then once in every great while, a song comes all. It's it's already done. It's completed. You just kind of get out of the way, and uh, Bear to the Bone was like that. I sat down. Uh, in my, you know, space where I, I like to write, and um, it came out in a half an hour. Really? Yeah. Would you sing that one? Sure. Um, I wish there were more of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's only once in a great while. But yeah, that idea of struggle being part of it. It's a simple song, really. You know, I, yeah. You know, it's kind interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, well, musically, I think something also good happened to my music when I st- I stopped being afraid to do something uh, t- to present it simply because I was afraid that people would think I couldn't do it in a complex way. It's, there's kind of like a simplicity on the other side of complexity. You know, there's a simplicity that happens when you just don't know what else to do. And it, it can be a little raw, and it can be real honest, you know. And then there's um, the simplicity that happens because uh, it's the best way to say it. You know, it's not about how many knows, but it's, you just want the right ones, you know. So... Um, Here I am without a message Here I stand with empty hands Just a spirit tired of wandering Like a stranger in this land Walking wide-eyed through this world Is the only way I've known Wrapped in hope and good intention And bare to the bone There is nothing I show you nothing I can hide I've risked it all and dreamt it all and seldom questioned why you took me in when I was hungry when my spirit ached and groaned laid wide open and defenseless and bare to the bone so when I rise and rise in glory if I do by grace time will wash away these footprints and we'll leave without a trace between here and now and forever is such precious little time what we do in love and kindness 
is all we ever leave behind when the light is slowly fading and my eyes softly waiting and the evening sun is setting and the world's barely breathing then your voice can call me and your hands can lead me home like a newborn odd and naked and bare to the bone Between here and now and forever is such precious little time. What we do in love and kindness is what we really leave behind. Here I am without a message. Here I stand with empty hands. Just a spirit tired of wandering like a stranger in this land. Walking wide-eyed through this world is the only way I've known. Wrapped in hope and good intention and bare to the bone. Wrapped in hope and good intention and bare to the bone. That was, that was very moving for me to listen to because it really did. The way a song, you know, a song that accompanied you through an experience can just be part of that experience in that place in you where it lives. For me, too. Yeah. yeah. In terms of songs and, and performing songs and continuing to present songs. You know, yeah. They're, they're part of that experience for me. But it's also amazing. I always... I've, I always feel very grateful when when people let me know. I mean, songwriters, you know, we kind of send our songs in the world and we we just hope they land well, you know. And when someone tells me it landed well and safely mm-hmm. with them, it's 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 quite a gift. Mm-hmm. And I'm always very grateful mm-hmm. when I hear that. So, um some journalist from Boston <laughs> called you a prairie mystic. <laughs> I just have to say that they're from Boston. Um, um, and, you know, I've been around a lot of people lately who have been using the word prophet. And, um, and I love the, not just the language of the mystic, but um, the idea. And I, I love you using it. Because you also, some they, people have called you, but you, you, you use the word mystic. Um, I, I, you know, you were... When you write about people, you know, somebody who's a carpenter, a mystic, and a poet, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and I wonder uh, if you'd say a little bit about um, how you think about mystics among us or who the mystics are among us. What are the qualities of that? You don't have to be describing yourself. <laughs> I mean, I think, that, I think one quality of a mystic is that they wouldn't call themselves a mystic, yeah, right? So, so I'm not much. asking you what it means for you to be a mystic. Because <laughs> I'd have to go, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, it's, it's always uh, amazing to meet those people and have those people in our lives, you know. Um, and, and I think that's a little bit what Betty's Diner was about, you know. That, yeah, right. That they're, uh, you know, these, these incredible souls, these spirits are, are all around us. Um, the piece I think that you were quoting from was uh, about a fellow in my Quaker meeting who's uh, recently passed away but um, in his 90s. And he was just one of these incredible people that, that just could not get the world close enough. He just was this incredible character and he uh, would talk about the natural world in ways that, um, that really honored that, that, that shining something that was present in it. And he, I felt he was a mystic. He would never say that. Yeah, that's, of course not. That's, a, that's proof of, part of the, that part it of might the, be true. Part of the deal, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but, but I love that. I love that uh, when I meet folks like that, um, and I could just start rattling them off, you know, if you want, but then they go, oh, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say that? Yeah. Um, but, you know. There's this, um, there's a, an analogy that um, some somebody offered me, and it was the earliest days of the show. It was such a long time ago that we don't even... We don't even have a transcript of the conversation, um, but I've I've never forgotten it. It was a scientist, a geneticist, who's also an Anglican priest, and he said that he thought this. London Eves, do you remember that? It was a great show. Yeah, I know, and we can't. Even, we don't even still have the. So yeah, it was such a long time ago. It's very defining for me, kind of like for you. I mean, you say, I mean, it takes me back to all this learning, but. Um, he said that the spirituality of a scientist is like the spirituality of a mystic, which is to say, you know, always um, defining and asserting truth as best as you can articulate it in this moment, but always living in the expectation, always taking delight in what you do not yet, cannot yet know, and living in the expectation of better discoveries to come. Uh, yes, that's it. He said it. Um, yeah, that idea of, of living in the expe- expectation, to live in the question, mm-hmm. and, and to be comfortable there, to live in the question. Yeah. You know, and, and in the wonder of it, uh, the wonder of the question. I, 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 I like the word wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder. I think, though... Uh, Sometimes, and so, and I think this is true for religious um, doctrine, maybe, that sometimes living in the wonder is in a tension, can be a creative tension, but in a tension with the certainties. And mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that was his point, that that is actually a holy tension, a sacred tension. I think it is. Um... Though something happens, I, I have a song called "I Believe" that mm-hmm. that came about because I was at, I was asked to um, uh, sing in a church service. In this particular church service, at, at one point, the people stood and they they um, recited a creed together as a community. They weren't Quakers. They weren't Quakers because yeah. they kind of don't say anything. So and I, but I got to thinking about it that there is something powerful not not when it's said without thought but 
of, of what you're actually saying, but when you do say something out loud that's important to you, I love you, and you mean it, or if you need me, I will be there. When you say it out loud, this, this I love, something shifts, something changes a little oh. bit. So there is that thing of, of what is it I believe? What is it that I, I think is true, at least now, as close as I can find? Um, and articulate. Yeah, I think there's something wonder. deeply human and essential about that. Yeah, even even for the most deeply constantly questioning of us. I think so. You know, yeah. it, can get, it can get it can get kind of the the edges can get soft. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no place to put your feet. So, uh, so yeah, it it is good to also kind of take assessment and say, ah, but this much I know is true. At mm-hmm. least, at least for now. Yeah. Um, do you want to sing that "I Believe" song? I, do I don't think one. I've heard that one. This was. So um, I'm relinquishing control here. <laughs> well, this this song um, came about. I I was, I was traveling in India, um, and I met. Uh, I had the wonderful opportunity of, of meeting, um, and and then getting to create an album with Amjad Ali Khan and his two sons, Ayan and Aman, uh, Classical Indians Road, which is the first thing you think of putting together, an Indiana folk singer and Indian classical Road. <laughs> yeah. Immediately go, that would work. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but I, I wrote a collection of songs for that, that collaboration. It was a, a really an honor, just an honor to work with him. And this was um, written in that time period um, and for that um, collaboration. Oops, just I'll let you let me tune it just a little bit. I could play it out of tune, but you know everyone would cringe for three minutes and that's just not pleasant. I believe there are some debts that we can never repay And I believe there are some words that we can never unsay And I don't know a single soul who didn't get lost along the way I believe in socks and gloves knit out of soft gray wool and that there's a place in heaven for those who teach in public school and I know I get some things right but mostly I'm a fool I believe in a good strong cup of ginger tea in that all these shoots and roots will become a tree all I know is I can't help but see all of this as so very holy and I believe in jars of jelly put up by careful hands And I believe most folks are doing just 
about the best they can And I know there are some things that I will never understand Summer tomato is a cause to rejoice And that following a song was never really a choice Never really I believe in a good long letter written on real paper and with real pen I believe in the ones I love and know I'll never see again of strangers and the comfort of old friends and when I close my eyes to sleep at night that it's good to say I believe that life's comprised of smiles and sniffles and tears and in an old coat that's due has another good year and I know that I get scared sometimes, but all I need is here. I believe in a good strong cup of ginger tea and that all these shoots and roots will become a tree. All I know is I can't help but see all of you played that. Thank you. It seems to fit with what we're talking yes, about. Yes, it too. did. Um, there's something that you wrote. This is, a, this is in your book, and, and I may, may just read a little bit of this and, um, and, and maybe ask you to read the rest of it, or then you read it yourself, but I want to read it just because I love these words. Um, Three Gratitudes. Oh. Now, and I, and I, it's, a, it's a wonderful poem, but I also just find this idea is so useful. I want to start doing this myself. And here's how it starts. Every night before I go to sleep, I say out loud three things that I am grateful for. All the significant, insignificant, extraordinary, ordinary stuff of my life. It's a small practice and humble, and yet I find I sleep better holding what lightens and softens my heart. Mm. Such a great practice. Thank you. I, you know, actually, my friend Marcia uh, told me that she was doing this, and I thought, what a lovely idea. Yeah. So, um, and I started doing it, and, and it's true. It's, it was like just saying out loud 
three things. You know, and sometimes it would be, you know, big things, and sometimes it would be little things, and, and then sometimes I'd get on a roll and I just couldn't stop. And, 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 and you do it even on the days that were hard? Yeah, and then, yes, I would. Mm-hmm. And, and that would change something mm-hmm. to, to, to end my day that way. And when I get on a roll, then my, my husband would sometimes chime in, don't forget the dog. You know, (laughs) he's not doing the practice quite yet, but he will chime in. I won't forget the dog. (laughs) You know, there's some really um, interesting science now about, um, and it's not that different from this. I mean, it's just about asking people in in a study to once a week or once a day make a list of things they're grateful for. Very routine. Mm -hmm. And... It improves their health, and yeah, they sleep better, they're more at peace. It's so amazing. These are, you know, they seem like simple practices, that idea of gratitude. I, know, I, I love that. that, that it really does make a difference. It changes us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we say it out loud, when we embody it, this idea of gratitude. Kindness is another another yeah. idea like that. I think, so, I think we talk about love a lot, and I think love can get really big. You know, like we're, we're love gets like you can't almost get your arms around it. It's such a big thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but kindness, kindness is like the country cousin to love. <laughs> you know, it yeah. just kind of it, it, it kind of does dishes in a, <laughs> when no one asked it to. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I love that. You know, and I I I, I try to I try in some ways. That my that the songs that I write would have a have a bit of that that feeling to them that just a sense of of kindness about them. That's the hope, anyways. Mm-hmm. You want to read that poem? Sure. The whole thing, the three gratitudes. Three gratitudes. Uh, this is related to a song called "Thank You and Good Night." which was originally called The Evolution of a Prayer, which I figured could maybe offend everyone in one fell swoop. But, so I... Quakerly of me. Um, um, did the poem come first or the song? Uh, the poem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every night before I go to sleep, I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. All the significant, insignificant, extraordinary, ordinary stuff of my life. It's a small practice and humble, and yet I find I sleep better holding what lightens and softens my life ever so briefly at the end of the day. Sunlight and blueberries, good dogs and wool socks, a fine rain, a good friend, fresh basil and wild flocks, my father's good health, my daughter's new job, the song that always makes me cry, always at the same part, no matter how many times I hear it. Decent coffee at the airport. (laughs) And your quiet breathing. The story she told me, the frost patterns on the windows, English horns and banjos, wood thrush and June bugs, the smooth, glassy calm of the morning pond. An old coat, a new poem, my library card. (laughs) And that my car keeps running despite all the miles. 
And after three things, more often than not, I get on a roll and I just keep on going. I keep naming and listing until I lie grinning, blankets pulled up to my chin, awash with wonder at the sweetness of it all. You, um, you wrote or said, my best prayers are songs, always have been. Yeah. And I wondered if you might um, sing us a song that is a prayer. Well, they're all kind of. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all kind of like. Yeah. That. Okay. Well, what? Um, what feels more like the prayer you would pray today? Well, um, bear the bone is definitely yeah. one that came out as a prayer. But I already did that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is gathering of spirits a prayer? It, it, yeah, I was kind of tuning up with it. Yeah, it, was, it came out like a prayer, too. I'm not trying to control things, though. Whatever. <laughs> I said you could choose. But I know the songs that you're... you're, you're, you're it'd be really hard if the song, you know, that I didn't write or didn't know or something. Yeah. Let it go, my love, my truest. Let it sail on silver wings. Life's a twinkling, that's for certain. But it's such a fine thing. There's a gathering of spirits. There's a best of all our friends. And we'll take up where we left off when we all meet again. I can't explain it. If I tried How the only things we carry are The things we hold inside Like a day in the open Like the love we won't forget Like the laughter that we started And it hasn't died down yet Oh, let it go, my love, my truest Let it sail on silver wings Life's a twinkling, that's for certain But it's such a fine thing There's a gathering of spirits There's a best of all our friends And we'll take up where we left off When we all meet again Oh yeah, now didn't we? Don't we make it shine? Aren't we standing in the center of Something rare and fine, some glow like embers Like light through colored glass And some give it all 
in one great flame, throwing kisses as they pass. Oh, let it go, my love, my truest. Let it sail on silver wings. Life's a twinkling, that's for certain. But it's such a fine thing. There's a gathering of spirits. There's a festival of friends, and we'll take up where we left off when we all meet again. Just east of Eden, but there's heaven in our nest, and we're never really all that far from those we love. And it's way out in the water. There's a glory all round, and the wise say there's a thousand ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Oh. Let it go, my love, my truest. Let it sail on silver wings. Life's a twinkling, that's for certain. But it's such a fine thing. There's a gathering of spirits. There's a festival of friends, and we'll take up where we left off when we all meet again. And we'll take up. Where we left off when we all meet again. So I think for the next 10 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes, I'd just love to have you play a couple songs that that means something to you right now, maybe some things from the new album, CD, whatever we say now, <laughs> collection of music. Yes. <laughs> um, sure. What does that do, by the way? I'm curious. This is I'm in this privileged position now that I get to both request um, my favorite songs and ask questions. And all <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it, it it makes a tuner oh. work and not work, and it uh, it mutes the guitar when I'm doing oh. things that you just don't really want to go out and, on the speakers. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is a uh, on the new one. Um, and it's it's a little it's it's kind of uh, about hope in a way and thresholds. And there's a lot on this new album about thresholds. We're always coming up to new thresholds. Um, That's such a great word too. I love that word, thresholds. I do. Yeah. And and we keep we keep arriving at them, you know and. But at a, at a threshold, there's often a moment where what is old has passed away, but the new hasn't quite arrived yet. So you stand there at the doorway, you know. Don't you think we're we're at a, just a huge, gigantic threshold as a planet right now? I think I mean, so. Collectively, we have thresholds in everything we do right now. 
nothing works the way it used to, and we don't know how we're going to make it. We don't know what new forms we have to invent to, to take us into the 21st century. Yes, and all the more important that we, we remember to be kind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we're all kind of figuring it out right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that idea. And I think you're, I, I really sense that everywhere I go, too. I, um, I think there is this longing out there. You know, that longing, um, and sometimes not even sure what exactly the longing's about yet, just yet. Um, it's kind of like that light off in the distance, in the window. Looking out at the night beyond the driver's wheel Curving hips made of snow in the winter fields There's a house set way back where the lamplight glows Like a star out in the cold Filled with people I'll never know Who left a light, left a light in the window choice were mine I was doing the best I knew at the time and every door that was opened and door that closed all the things that made me grow set me off down another road off to look for a light for a light in the window Since I see it glow There's a light, there's a light There's a light in the window 
Oops, that light again. There it is again. <laughs> it does fascinate me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this one actually, um, I listened to this great interview that you did with Vincent Harding. Oh, yeah, who just died yeah. this year. And uh, what a beautiful interview that was. And he was yeah. talking about people singing together. Yes. The importance of people singing together. How in the 60s, how the civil rights movement sang the way to freedom. It was just a, it's a beautiful interview. Yeah. And I was very touched by it. And he kind of challenged, though, a little bit at the end. Like, you know, we, we need those. We need more. Yeah. We need the new ones that people are writing today. And I thought, yeah, well, I'm a songwriter. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't want to ask you about that. And I, talk, I talked to the Indigo Girls last summer, mm-hmm. and Amy Ray in particular. She's very, very oriented towards social justice, and I asked them, and this was on my list of questions we didn't get to. Um, you know, she said, this is something I'm thinking about, and I think songwriters are thinking about. You know, where's the Pete Seeger? I mean, their music was so central yes. to all of that ferment a few decades ago. And uh, and 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 you're you're kind of now walking walking into that tradition, right? Take wanting to take it seriously and find a voice in it. Yes, and and, and uh, it's an interesting. It's it's um, you know, it's really a, an art form. It's a, it's a challenge to write a song, uh, a song that people can sing immediately the first time they hear it. Yeah. Um, that's not an easy thing to do. Right. Um, well, and the other thing that, that they got people doing, and the spirituals, of course, did this, yes. right? Which is what the response. civil rights are. Yeah. But, and, uh, but it's also what getting a whole group, full of, group of people singing yes. or a demonstration full of people singing and something that, that people can pick up collectively like that. And it, it, it shifts. You know, I, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a folk singer, you know, I'm a, I'm a gal with a guitar, so I've always been called a folk singer, but I didn't do a lot of sing-alongs, I sung, you know, uh, and, uh, but in the last few years, I've, I've really been moved by what happens to people when they sing together. There's not a lot of places we do that anymore. Some in spiritual community, um, you know, the national anthem at football games. Yeah. Um, but, Something happens. The room shifts when, when people sing together. And they sing out loud things, words and phrases um, that touch something deep and human and hopeful. Uh, and I, were, I wanted to write a song that, that talked about hope, but not, not in a greeting card kind of way. You know, there's the kind of hope that's like wishful thinking, and it's kind of greeting card uh, oriented, and then there's like a hope that's kind of gritty. It's like the kind of hope that gets up every morning and and chooses to try to make the world just a little kinder place in your own way. And the next morning gets up and does it again. And the next morning gets up and you have been disappointed, and you do it again. It's about the kind of hope that was... I wanted to write about the kind of hope that's faithful, the kind that Niebuhr talked about. Anything worth doing will probably not be achieved in one lifetime, so we are saved by hope. That kind of hope. And, and 
and it's a harder kind of hope. It's a harder kind of hope to, to live with because it's easier to be cynical. I mean, when you're cynical, you're never disappointed. You know? It's true. You know, it's like, well, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's cowardly in that sense, isn't it? Well, you know, it's, it's courageous to hope because when you do choose to hope, eventually at some point your heart will be broken. And you will be disappointed, and then you get up and you do it again. Um, and courage. I have this real belief. I mean, when I first started playing music, um, you know, I, you know, people must will ask, will say to me sometimes, "You must be a natural risk taker, you know, to to leave the safe and secure like art major thing that you had going." <laughs> and, <laughs> And you go can to be f- rich now. <laughs> and, and go to folk music instead. Just chalk right. them up there, you know. Um, you must be a natural risk taker, and um, and are you a performer? And I and and actually, I started out really shy, a very shy person. I could barely talk to people, you know. So, um, but I think that courage has nothing to do with being fearless. I think courage has everything to do with loving something or someone so much that you will do it. You will, you will brave it huh. with solid feet or shaky knees because you love it that much. And music has always been like that for me. You know, okay, I'm going forward with, with confident or shaky knees because I love it that much. And the things we hope for things we love we hope because we love it that much it's worth the risk you know so we do have an audience here so you could sing along (laughs) (laughs) you've been hoping right well we just figure out when to sing along uh, well this is part if not now tell me when you try that if not now, tell me when. It was like this. We may never see this moment. We may never see this moment. A place and time again. A place and time again. If not now, if not now, tell me when. Okay, here's the whole thing. If not now, tell me If not now, if not now, tell me when. I see sorrow and trouble in this land. Can you sing that? I see sorrow and trouble in this land. Although there will be struggle, we'll make the change we can. If not now, if not now, tell me when. Here we go. If not now, tell me when. If not now, tell me when. We may never see this moment, place and time again. If not now, if not now, 
As a folk singer, to to create that experience. Yes, it is. You know, I I, I really love it. You know, um, and I love the call and response when that happens. And yeah, there is something just really wonderful. It it, it, it creates this feeling of community. You know, there's something that happens when you're performing. You know, you send it out. You send something from yourself out, and but when it's good, an, an audience, the listeners will send something back. You know, they'll send something back, and sometimes they send it back so hard it almost knocks you down. It's that good. Um, but when it's great, in those shining moments, something else enters, and it feels like community. It feels like that there's three parts to the conversation. That's what, it, that's what it feels like. Well, Carrie, I feel that this has been a very shining moment tonight, and I want to thank you so much for coming to our space, and thanks to all of you for coming to our space. Um, 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been just beautiful having your song here. Well, thank you. It's a richer place for you being here. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay.